his presence. He comes with his deliverance. He comes with all of who he is in our, into our presence. And we can glorify him. And then great miraculous things begin to happen when we begin to worship our God. And so we welcome the Holy Spirit in this house today so that we can worship him. And we want his presence here so that he can be glorified in this house. Can we just give God a hand praise for his goodness and his mercy? Amen. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Can we just give him real, a real big old thanks for him having mercy on us the way that he has been? Amen. We love the Lord today. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We thank God for who God is and how awesome he is. How many know he's a mighty God? He's simply a mighty God, and he's God all by himself, you know, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. You know, he is still God. No matter whatever we might be facing, no matter how big the mountain, one of the things we have to rest assured knowing that God is in control of everything. How many know he's in control of everything? Amen. Whether it looks like it or not, we got to know within ourselves that God is in control. And we do give God all the glory. We give him all the praise. We give him all the honor, you know, because let's do his name. Uh, we fall down before him. We worship him. We bow down before him. We humbly come into his presence, understanding that it's only because of his mercy and his grace that we are able to come into the house today. Amen. It's not that we are all of that. It's just simply that he's just been all that to us. Amen. He has kept us and blessed us. And we thank God for that. We thank God for that song this morning. Is there anybody in the house saved? Amen. If you're in the house, can you just, if you're in the house and you're saved, can you just give God a hand praise for your salvation? Am I going to be safe coming down? Praise the Lord. Come on, can we just give my hand praise? Can we give him a praise that says in spite of everything, in spite of this microphone. Come on, we're giving praise. Come on, we won't let that microphone mess anything up. Come on, give him a praise. Come on, give him a thanks for your salvation. Come on, because if I leave here today, I can go into the portals of glory and be with my Lord. Come on, can we just give him a hand praise? Amen, because that's really what it's about. It's about us being prepared to leave here because surely one of these days we got to leave here. And so it's about us being ready to go whenever we get ready to leave this place. And we say we thank God for, thank God for that. We might do the Methodist thing today. Amen. Sitting down, standing up. Minister Sinclair, because she understands she's been there before. You know, in the Methodist church, we sit down, we stand up. Amen. Then we stand up, we sit down, and we do that. Amen. And I thought about it. It might be because that's the way you keep people awake. Amen. And so if you stand up and somebody's still sitting down, everybody be looking at it. be like, yep, they were asleep. <laughs> Stack up. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep. Amen. But we thank God for what God is doing today. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to be. What time is it? Amen. We'll be out of here by 11.05. We'll be out of here by 12. Amen. Pacific Coast time. Amen. Yeah, we'll be out of here right then. Amen. We come into the house, and whenever we come into the house, we, we ought to come in here uh, to get something from God. But before we get something from God, we have to be willing to come in to give something to God. And one, we need to just be coming in here willing to give uh, praise and worship to our God for his mercy and his grace. That's, that's just how, what we ought to do. We ought to be willing to come in here. And the word of God says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Amen. Just, just, just be thankful that we're able to come into the house of the Lord. 
you know, just, just thankful that he allowed us to get up and to walk into the house of the Lord, uh, be in his presence, you know, just be thankful for the fact that he allowed us to come in here. And, you know, sometimes people take it for granted, but there are a lot of people I know right now that if they could, they'd be glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. They would really be glad to be in the house of the Lord. So we give thanks, you know, and we just praise that holy name. It's in his gates with thanksgiving, in his courts with praise. Amen. Hope y'all got a praise on your lip. Amen. Y'all always come in here with a praise on your lip. You know, you ain't praising God about your circumstance. You praise him. Why? Because he's worthy. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. My brothers and I, we were talking this morning about uh, life and understanding how that uh, it goes by. Uh, like a twinkle in the eye, just, just real quick, how things change just so suddenly. And, and we, we talked about uh, LeBron. We talked about the fact that we remember when he was in uh, uh, junior high, uh, high school, and uh, I think he was a junior, and we talked about the fact now he's in the pros for 15 years. And so I, we, we talked about the fact that how fast, you know, people get old. Yeah. Yeah. You get old real fast. And, and we, we talked about the fact that uh, you, we need to be busy doing what God called and told us to do. Amen. Because you don't have the strength that you have as a young man once you get older. Amen. Somebody food anyway. Amen. When you're older, you know, you don't have the strength. Amen. I don't care how many Jerichos you take. It ain't the same thing. Amen. You can run all day. I remember I used to run all day and never get tired. Now I get tired of just watching people run. Yeah. You know, life changes. Amen. And, and we have to embrace, you know, the change that comes. We have to embrace. Amen. I'm, a, I'm keeping that. We have to embrace the fact that, you know, life changes. And so we, thank, we have to be thankful for that, that God keeps us in this. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to encourage your hearts. For those who have your word, I want you to turn with me to... Uh, Proverbs. I have several scriptures I want to give you. We're going to go to Proverbs and we're going to be in Philippians. Let's go to Philippians first, then we'll get to Proverbs in a second. One wants to encourage your hearts. I mean, how many know God's done, already worked it out? Whatever we're facing, God has already has already worked it out. He already has a solution for whatever we might be having to deal with. We're going to go to Philippians 2. Amen. Father, we give you glory, give you honor and praise. We thank you, God, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are God, and besides you, there is none other. We thank you, Lord, for how you just continuously bless us and how you continuously make a way out of no way. We thank you, God, for your presence in this house, God. We open up our spirit, God, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying unto us. Holy Spirit, you have free reign in this house to do whatever needs to be done. God, speak through whomever you want to speak through. Just speak to us, God. Tell us what you want of us so, God, that we can please you, so that we can give you the glory, so that we can praise your holy name. For us in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We thank God. I want to I talk to you for a little bit. I want to encourage your hearts uh, out of Philippians. We're going to start in Philippians, the second chapter, and then we're going to end up in Galatians for a little bit. Uh, but there's, there's some things, that the, something that the Lord wants me to talk with you about. And then we're going to get ready to get on out of here so that uh, you can get on to the house or go over where you're going. But I wanted to speak to you uh, from the subject this morning of gird up your mind. 
God wants us to learn how to gird our minds up. It's so important that we gird up our minds as, as a people of God. And, and so as we begin to talk about that passage of scripture, we, wanna, uh, we begin to, uh, we're going to end up in 1 Peter also. Uh, we're talking about girding up our mind and making sure that we understand uh, that we got to gird our minds up. Because how many of you know that if you're not careful, the devil will take your mind? Amen. He will, he will mess you up. And so we have to protect or have to make sure we gird up our mind and get ourselves in a position to where we can be faithful to God. And whenever God speaks something to us, that we'll get up and, and we'll go forward. It's one thing. It's a lot of things you might lose, and, but it's one thing you can't do without, and that is your mind. And, and so we need to be so thankful that the Lord, you know, keeps us in our right mind. And if we would be honest, uh, a lot of us have been pretty close to being over the edge. Amen. So a lot of us have been real close to just flipping out. And, and the thing about it is you know, we, we come to church and we be among a, lot of, among a lot of people and they don't even realize how close I have been or people have been to flipping. Amen. People don't, sometimes some of the people you work with, you don't realize how close yeah, they have come or thought about coming up in the place where you are shooting up the place. Amen. Let me tell you something. The people who are going in these places doing up all this shooting, they ain't the only ones that's, that's been on edge. Amen. But grace, uh, praise be to God who have kept us in our right mind to be able to function the way that we ought to function and to be able to do the things that we ought to be able to do and, and to be able to go to places and have a, a recollection, as old, older people say, of, of things years in the past. And we're able to do this because our mind has been kept by God. And God wants us as a people of God to understand the importance of our mind and making sure that we gird up our mind. In other words, get ourselves in a position to where we can hear God and get ourselves in a position to where we can do whatever God tells us to do and get us, and for us to get in a place to where we protect our mind. And it's our responsibility to make sure that not only uh, do we allow God to uh, do things in our life, but we have to gird up our mind and protect our mind to make sure that we don't put it in an area where it should not be. You know, and so we, it's important, saints, that we learn to gird up. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, make sure you gird up your mind. Make, make sure you gird up your mind. It's just so important, you know, and it's important that we uh, quit putting things on God and realize there are certain things that we got to do. We got to gird up our minds and make sure that we line up the way God wants us to line up and do the things that God has called and told us to do and be in the place where God wants us to be and say the things that God wants us to say and understanding that how do we gird up our mind. And one of the first scriptures I want to give you, the word of God let us, tells us to be transformed and let our minds be renewed by the word of God. You know, and so what we have to understand is we have to renew our minds every day with the word of God. Because if you ain't careful, saints of God, if you're not putting a word in your mind, the devil's going to put something in your mind. Every day you need, to, you need to pack the word in on your mind. Because sometimes that's the only thing that will keep you sane is the word of God. Understanding what the word of God says and understanding hearing what him saying. And let him speak into your spirit. And so it's important that we as a people of God learn how to gird up our mind to cover it. You know, because I don't know about you. There's been times in my life everything was going well. And then I found myself, my mind wondering where it should not wonder. Amen. 
Well, once y'all get saved, then maybe it'll happen to you. But if you're ever living anything, your mind will go places that where it should not go. You know it has gone someplace because you thought about smacking somebody this week, and that was not gone. Yeah. And so we have to realize, that's an amen for, I ain't going to say her name, but so we need to realize, yeah, yeah, your, your, your mind will take you there, you know. Your mind, your, your mind will take you there, and you'll be sitting there finding yourself fighting in your mind with somebody. And so you better gird up your mind. You better protect your mind so you can use it for the right things of God. And what God wants us to understand is I, I, gotta, I have to understand this for myself. I got to protect what's inside of this old shield I got up here. And it's called my mind, and God is trying to tell us you need to gird up your mind. And this is not anything new. It has always been that the men and the people of God had to gird up their mind, had to cover themselves, and had to make sure they don't act upon whatever they felt like acting upon. And they didn't do the things that what they wanted to do. And how do we do this? We get the word of God. The word of God tells us to be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Once you get saved, your soul is saved, but your mind still needs to be renewed. Amen. Once you get saved, and I know we hear people testify, I don't think like I used to think. Well, they all of a sudden, it don't always happen that quick. Some of us, they didn't get saved until we was old. No, some of the the drugs need to get out of our system. And what we used to do, and the way we used to think, and the places we used to go, and it becomes a habit. And so what we need to realize, instantly we get saved when we accept Jesus Christ. But every day after that, you need to make sure you're feeding your spirit and guarding your mind. Because if you're not careful, you'll find yourself doing things that you should not do out of habit. And so how do you do that? You get your mind renewed with the word of God. It teaches us how not to smack somebody when we feel like smacking. It teaches us how to pray for them when they done did stuff to us. And when they curse us, we bless the Lord. Somebody say, help me, Lord. Because the truth of the matter is, at times in our life, the devil will come in and do stuff to us, but yet the word of God said, do good unto all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. And so we have to have our mind renewed so we can do the right thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't care how I don't care how many times you done rolled under the pew. I don't care how many times you've been anointed. I don't care how many times you shouted. You got to renew that thing that's on your shoulder. You got to renew your mind. And so God has been, was dealing with me this week to tell you to make sure as we proceed on in 2019 that you first thing you need to make sure you start working on is getting your mind girded up. Getting your mind girded up. In 1 Peter, the word of God says this. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And so the, in this epistle of Peter, he was talking to the churches in, in Asia and Cappadocia and and, and, and so forth, and he was talking to them, and he was giving them instruction. He first gave them instruction, but then he goes on down and tells them, you got to gird up your mind. Now, let me tell you something. Girding up your mind, when, when you gird up your mind, now some of these young people might not remember it, but years ago, women used to wear girdles. Yeah, you know, they used to wear girls. Ain't nothing wrong with, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they wear girls. But you know why they wear girls? Because there would be stuff hanging out. No. And, and to compact it, they would pack it, 
push it and, and shove it. And then they would use and they would tighten it up and it would hold together. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what girdles did. So that when they moved, everything didn't shake. Yeah. People sitting right here like, I don't believe he's saying that in church. Yeah. Because that's what girdles did. It, it held stuff together. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Life will bring things on you to where you need to help it get it packed back in sometimes. Sometimes you need some help holding some of this stuff in that has happened to you. And back then, I, I guess they still wear them now. Back then, but they would wear these girdles, and you couldn't really tell how uh, mature they were because they would be gathered together. And, and so the, 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 in this epistle of Peter, he was telling them, you, you need to tuck some stuff. You need to press some stuff. You need to put some stuff back in this place because it's starting to shake where it should not shake. And people are seeing stuff that they should not see. And, so, and people are having observation about you. They should not be able to, uh, to observe. So it's up to us to make sure. He was telling them, gird up yourself. Gird up the loins of, of your mind because that's what happens when we don't gird up our mind. Our mind goes way out there. And God is trying to tell you, you need to go way out there and get your mind and tell your mind to come back in and be subject to the spirit of God because if you don't your mind gonna keep on running and keep on running and keep on running and so he tell them gird up your mind put it back get, you know if you got if you need some help I've seen those those, those things on TV and where they, they be putting on these girdles I guess that's what they were yeah on a on a Titanic of course it was but anyway <laughs> But I remember, I remember this one part, and she said, get back there and help me. And she had to have some help to pull it together, and then they zip. Sometimes, to get your mind girded up, you need help. Sometimes, you need some help for somebody to teach you not to think like you think. Sometimes, you need somebody to show you how to get your mind off the worldly things and on the things of God. Sometimes, you need somebody to te teach me how to wear this girl for my mind. Teach me how to quit thinking like I think. And so in this epistle of Peter, he was telling him, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up those parts that has gotten astray. Gird up those things and get it back together. Because if we as people of God will gird up our minds, then our mouth wouldn't say what our mind is thinking. See, because people run around here and say stuff, it comes out of your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart. The mind, the mouth speaking. And how did it get into how did it get into your, your spirit? It came into your mind first. What you saw and how you reacted is the reason why it ended up getting in your spirit. Because it cannot go directly into your spirit unless it comes through your mind. And so we need to understand this. And so what what why do people let their mind go straight? How do it get crazy? The way it gets crazy, and oftentimes the reason why it gets crazy the way it gets crazy is because people have have this mindset. And I thought about Eve, how the Word of God says, and then they were doing fine, fine. They were ruling. They were reigning. They had everything under control. They had everything that they wanted. And then the Word of God says, but when they saw, in other words, they were challenged, and they didn't handle the challenge right. 
Yeah. When they saw they were making wise, they began to think. Well, now, now God done created the heavens and the earth. Adam didn't have to work. Eve just had to hang around. They didn't have anything to do. But the word of God says, basically says, a seed was sown into their life. And when they begin to, when she began to think that it will make her wise, then she acted upon it. What are you talking about? You need to gird up your mind so that every time you hear something, you don't think about it so much. Because that's what happens. People begin to think about stuff that they've seen, and the next thing you know, they're trying to act on what they You need to quit watching some of this soap operas. Because soap operas plants plants things in your mind that you cannot live. Those people get up and go home every night. You ever notice on those on the soap operas, don't nobody work? Either they're the president of a corporation, either they're rich or their great-grandma done left them $10 million. But how many of us can say, roll right now, say, I got $10 million and don't be talking about by faith. And so they plant these thoughts, and the devil plant thoughts in people's mind. But because they are, let me tell you something. When you get girded up right, you can't get any more inside of that girl. And so what we have to realize is we got to gird up our mind so that we don't let everybody speak into us. And every time somebody says something to us, we got to get to the place where we learn how to deflect it whenever it comes against us. We got to learn how that whenever words, and you know how the devil comes out swirling around your head, he begin to speak to you and begin to make you think about stuff and things that you didn't use to didn't think about. You think about it now. Yeah. Don't, don't, I tell you what, some of you going, all of us, well, most, some who are real, you ever go in stores? And, and they playing music. And you you riding down the road singing a Johnny Cash song. <laughs> a, a song will get in your spirit. And the next thing you know, all you're doing is singing that same song over and over. I left. Wait, 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 let me one of Johnny's songs. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on Johnny. There you go. I hear the trainer coming. It's coming around the bend. I ain't seen something since I don't know when. Yeah. But we hear stuff, and it get in our and it get in our ear, and we hear it, and we find ourselves repeating and singing the same songs that we didn't really plan on listening to. And sometimes people will get in our spirit, and they begin to say stuff, and our spirit will pick it up. And if you're not careful, you will let that, that stuff be in there. And God said, no, you need to gird up your mind because you're letting stuff get in your spirit that you don't realize is getting in there. He's trying to tell us, gird your mind up. 
bring your mind back under subjection. See, because your mind is carnal, and the only thing that the, your mind wants is whatever is carnal. And so we have to understand in this epistle, uh, Peter's trying to tell him, you need to gird up your mind. You need to be able to love people who don't love you. You got to be able to reach out to people who are not willing to receive whatever you have because that oftentimes you're trying to feed people who don't want it. And you're trying to love up on people. You're trying to give to them. And you're trying to encourage them. And then they turn and roll, turn their eyes, roll their eyes at you and walk away from you. But you have to have the ability, no matter what's going on, I've got my mind. It's got to be girded up. Because I cannot continue in the same path that we be going at times because your mind will lead you, to, lead you astray. And so in this epistle, he's telling them, uh, I need for you to gird up your lines. I need your minds. I need for you to tighten up the areas in your life. And all, if we would be honest, we know where we done got loosed. Yeah. We know the places in our minds, the things that we don't need to look at. Yeah. We, we, we know the people that we don't need to hang around. Yeah. You know the stores that you don't need to go to. You're on a tight budget. You, you know you're having issues with financially. You know there are certain stores you don't need to go in. And those stores are the stores that's open. So you have to learn how to gird up your mind. You have to learn make your mind to be subject to the spirit of God. See, because this your, your mind is a carnal thing. And so you have to learn how to make your mind line up with the Word of God. Because if you don't, you'll find yourself just buying anything. We, we took some clothes and gave them away uh, one day this week. And they still got the brand new price tag on them from when we bought them. And I had to admit it was mine this time. I went in the store with the wrong mindset. I'm going to buy me something. And I bought it and kept it about a year and a half. And now I gave it away. My mind should have told me, listen to the Spirit of God, but your mind ain't going to tell you that. I should just listen to the Spirit of God and say, I ain't going to use that. How many things do we waste because we just go get it because our eyes see it? You, you, you know you don't need it, but it just feel good going and buying it. And a lot of times the Spirit of God be telling us, don't do that. How many of us have made phone calls that we shouldn't have made? Because your mind is saying, you need to talk to them. And the Spirit of God said, no, you don't. Yeah. Your mind be telling you, you, you know you got to have this. And God said, no, you need to reframe yourself. You need to control yourself. The Spirit of God be trying to lead you one direction, but your mind, because people allow it to overrule their spirit, and it does not have the power to do it, then your mind will tell you to do something, and your, the Spirit of God be telling you, no, you don't need to do that. And so in this epistle of Peter, he was trying to tell him, you need to gird up your mind. You need to get to the place to where you bring your mind under subjection and put it under control because if you don't put it under control, then your mind is going to make you think things that you should not think. Your mind is going to make you do things that you should not do. And it's going to force you or going to put you in a position to where you find yourself trying to figure out how in the world did I get out of this. The reason you got in there because you never did gird up your mind. And anytime you're going into a battle, saints of God,
God, you got to realize that you need to have the mind, mind of Christ. You, you, you just cannot be floating around here and not have your mind girded up and be controlled over it. Or the next thing you know, you'll find yourself thinking things that you should not think and then acting upon what you are thinking about. And so in this epistle, in this epistle of Peter, he's trying to tell him, you need to gird up your mind because there's going to be obstacles that's going to come your way. But you have to have the ability when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to gird your mind up and don't do everything that, the, that your mind tells you to do. The Word of God says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh because your flesh is constantly wanting one thing and the Spirit of God is always going contrary to that. And your Spirit of God is telling you you don't need it and then you your flesh is saying, I do need it. And if you're not careful, if you're a weak mind, guess what? You're going to do exactly whatever your flesh tells you to do, and you're going to miss out on what God has for you. And so we have to realize, as Peter was speaking to them, God is speaking to us today and trying to tell us, you need to gird up your mind. You're getting ready to go into a battle, which means I need to have a battle mindset. I have to have the mindset, now I'm getting ready to go into this battle, and I can't be expecting the enemy to be fighting me fair. I should expect anything out of anybody who is not saved. When, when people who are sinners do stuff, it shouldn't surprise us. What, should, should, what might surprise us is when some saints do some things. Because the truth of the matter is, God will let us know when a saint is getting ready to mess up. That's why sometimes we walk up to you and say, are you sure you need to go to this place? It's already in your mind. And God speaks to us or someone to talk to you to ask you that question to remind you that God is looking at what you're doing and trying to tell you what you got on your mind ain't right. But if your mind ain't girded up, if your mind ain't brought into a place of subjection, guess what? You're not going to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Why? Because your mind is rejecting what the Spirit of the Lord is saying the whole time. And you should never expect your mind to agree with God. Because we don't walk according to this carnal mind. We walk according to the Spirit of God. We walk according to the Spirit of God. And so we have to realize that God speaks to us. He's trying to tell us, gird your mind up. Get your, get your mind right. I listened to my wife. And she was getting ready to go back to work last week. She said, I got to get my mind right. I got to get my mind right. After being off almost two weeks, she was like, I got to get my mind right. She done took on my mind of I ain't got to go to work. <laughs> I ain't got to go to work. I ain't got to go to work. And she was thinking like me. And then reality hit her. And she said, I got to get my mind right. Because I can't go into this place with my mind the way it is right now. Yeah. Yeah, can we be honest? Yeah, my mind just ain't right right now, and it needs to be changed. And so what we need to understand is, uh, the epistle, in this epistle, he was telling Peter, he was telling, hey, gird your mind up. Get, get your mind right. Because you can't function the way God wants you to function until you gird your mind up. See, because your, your, your mind is going to run interference with the things that God has for you. Because God is going to be saying, do one thing, and, and your mind is going to be telling you to do another. You don't have to sit around and think about everything that the devil throw at you. The Word of God says, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind or whose spirit, yeah. I will keep him in perfect peace, 
whose mind or spirit is on me. And so we have to realize some of this stuff we're dealing with is because we ain't got our mind right yet. You want to know why sometimes people can't forgive? It's because their mind ain't right. You know, some, some people don't want to like people. Yeah. Some, some people don't want to love the Cowboy fans, but I love you anyway. You got to get your mind right. We, when you're going, we, we spoke about when you get ready to have a conversation or whenever you get ready to go into a meeting or when you get, get your mind right. When you come into this house, when it comes time to praise, get your mind right. Because people miss the blessings from God. Why? Because they come to church and they sit up in here and their mind is on everything else except for what the word of God is saying. God be speaking, and they be wanting to say, I want to hear what God is saying. But their mind is already down the road. They already think about where this is what I'm going to do when I get out this afternoon. Get your mind right. Train your mind to, and teach it how to be quiet. Yeah. Teach your mind to be quiet. Because it's just a carnal thing. And so in this epistle, he's telling them, you need to gird up your mind. You need to get your mind right. Turn with me right quick to uh, Romans. The word of God says, and be not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, and this is important that we understand we get our minds renewed. Because if we cannot reform, get our minds renewed after the word of God, guess what? We will not know exactly what God's will is for us. People saying, I want to know what uh, uh, God's will is for my, not my, my life, then you need to know what how is your mindset? You need to get your mind set right, okay? Now, I want you to read this. I don't know where you've seen it before. It says, but be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you're continuously pouring the word of God into your spirit. Every day, three, four, five times a day, pouring the word into your spirit. I don't care whether it's Sunday, I don't care whether it's Saturday. Continuously pouring the word into your spirit. Getting your mind to line up with the things of God. But it says this. It says, be ye transformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A lot of times we don't know what God's will is because we have not brought our mind under subjection. Let me tell you, it says that you might know what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. That is one, even though it says it in three different words. You cannot have, you cannot be accepted of God if your mind ain't right. You, you can't grow. You can't grow in God until you get your mind right. Until you get to the place to where you realize, wait a minute, that, that don't line up with God. The word of God says this. I need you to hear this. It said that ye may prove what is that good and perfect, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's not saying what is the good will. It's not saying what is the acceptable will. And what is the perfect will. But he's talking about a combination of all three. And God is not going to accept two out of three. 
He is not going to accept good and acceptable and it not be perfect because God ain't going to give us anything less than perfect. And he is not going to allow us to accept anything less than perfect. And he is not going to accept something from us that does not line up with his word. And so he's trying to tell us, this is how you know what my will is, that you feed your word, feed your spirit every day. You get your mind. Let me tell you something. Knowledge is good, but it has to be lined up with the word of God. And so what we have to understand is, I don't care how much you can quote the word of God. God is trying to get us to the place to where we make sure every aspect of our life we shouldn't be spending 30, 30 minutes of our time watching something that is not contributing to the power of God in our life. That helps. We are not supposed to be giving our flesh any satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't supposed to be doing anything to make our flesh happen. Your mind says you need to buy this, and God said, no, you don't. Mm. Yeah. I knew that. I knew that when, I, when he said that, I knew that was what was going to happen. Our whole being ought to be towards God. He says, love me all your heart, your soul, and what else? In some other words, you shouldn't be taking breaks. But our minds say, I got to do something wrong. Wait a minute. Y'all mind tell y'all you got to be doing something wrong. But every day... Our whole being ought to be, God, I'm going to please you. Yeah. No, see, we got to realize that when we really gird up our mind, we'll find out that God is saying, I want all your mind. I want all of it. But oftentimes, saints want to share their mind. They want to give part to God on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me roll down my house. And then they want to do what they want to do late on the afternoon. And God said, no, I need you to gird up your mind because I need you to empty out anything in your mind that does not line up with my word. Yeah. And so he's telling me, I need you to renew your mind. See, because the word of God says, a little leaven. You know, because you, you, know, you, you used to have a pretty good mind. Come on. Let's be, your, your mind was good. And then it's about like, it's about like, I put it like this. It's about like having, uh, with me, it's about like, you know, I bought Channing a, <laughs> throwing him under the bus, a box of uh, Oreos. That's what he called them. And so, you know, when we did the fast, one doing any sweets, one doing none of that. I was, everything was good, wasn't wanting it. And so I bought him this big thing of Oreos. And so he quit eating. And so now they're gone. Yeah. I threw the box away Friday. Now, his grandmother said she wasn't eating. 
And I know Channing wasn't eating. And Channing's mama wasn't eating. But when I bought them, I said, they can sit here. They won't bother. They'll be okay. My mind said, you won't eat those cookies. And then I started eating them for dessert. And then I started eating them when I got up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I get one. See, this is what God is trying. I need to have to get my mind renewed to, to go back and say, you can't eat sweets like that. We have to uh, get our mind line back up to say, I can't let anything get in this mind. Because sooner or later, it's going to go into other parts and other areas of my life. So I have to get my mind renewed. I got to get, that's my wife. I got to get my mind right again as far as sweets. Remember I, I told you I quit drinking sodas? I got to get my mind right. <laughs> now this must be confession Sunday or something. I got to get my mind right again. See, because I didn't go out and buy six, 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 you know, here it is now. I didn't buy six, six packs of sodas. I didn't want to say I didn't go out and buy six, six packs because y'all take it the wrong way. So what I did was I went out and bought two. See, the thing was the devil wanted to sow this seed to where he could get me hooked again, and he did. Because my mind has slipped from not taking in caffeine. It has slipped from not taking in all this excess sugar to where it won't hurt you if you drink one. If you get up and walk around the block a few times, you'll be okay. And so many times saints letting this little stuff get in your mind and God is telling you, you need to get your mind renewed after the things of God. He's telling you, gird up your mind. In your mind is where you hate people. It gets in your mind. I don't like them. And you begin to find things about them that you don't have any reason not to like them about. Well, you got to get your mind girded up, saints of God. Because in every area of your life, wherever he can, he's going to come and plant a seed. He's going to try to come and do some things. He's going to try to get you off track because he's trying to mess you up. Because the bottom line is, if you can just think about God, if you can stay focused on God, if you can stay focused on the things of God, then you're going to have the peace and the joy and the things that God said he wanted you to have. It's about getting your mind girded up. It's about strapping it in. It's about tightening up. It's about making sure that every little crack in your area, in, the, in your life, you're making sure that you don't allow the devil to come in. It's about sealing up all those places because there are, there are certain things that we know that we should not do. God says, seal it up. Tighten it up. We got to become the people that the people in the world can come to. It's hard to love people if your mind ain't right. If your mind is still on yesterday, it's hard to love people. Why can I do outreach? Because your mind ain't right. Because if we take on the mind of Christ, we will realize that's all that Christ did. He didn't have a church. All he did was outreach. He went to the places where they said he could not go or should not go. Jesus went there. Why? Because he had the mind of God. And it was not a struggle for him. It was not a struggle for Jesus to go and talk to Mary. 
He, it was not a struggle for Jesus to go in Simon's house and then allow the woman to come in and, and break the alabaster box. and pour. It was not a struggle for Jesus to go into an environment like that. But Simon had an issue because he had an issue with the woman's past. His mind was not right. Well, we got to realize there are people right now that you're associating with, their mind ain't right. And they're saying stuff to you slightly, and now you begin to think like them. That's, that's why you look at people the way you look at You used to didn't look at them like that, but now all of a sudden you realize, where did they get that cone hair from? You didn't realize it before. Because your mind ain't right. Can't anybody make me not love you if I want to love you? Can't anybody stop me from loving you? Can't anybody, I don't care what they say. It, I have to make up my own. If my mind is right, I'm going to love you regardless. Can't anybody make me do anything that I don't want to do? Let me help you out here who's sneaking and sinning. You, you ain't been overcome to, in the sin. You run to the sin. Because if your mind is right, you ain't going to do it. You, you can't do something without your mind telling you. Your body just don't run down the street and get in the stuff. No. You haven't seen the body just run down. There ain't no mind. Because it's in your mind. And since it's in your mind, guess what? You make provision. The word of God says, make no provision for the flesh. But if it's in your mind, you'll find a way to sneak and do it and position and say, I just happened to be there. No, you didn't just happen to be there. You planned that thing. It was in your mind, and you haven't girded up your mind. People don't want to go to war. Why did you join the army? That's part of it. Why, why do you say you want to be a Christian and you don't want to live like Christ? No, you, you got to get your mind right to live this thing. You got to get it renewed after the things of God, after the word of God. You got to get to the place where you let the devil know, can't anybody make me do anything I don't want to do? The devil has never made me do anything. Never. He's offered me opportunities. And because my mind wasn't right, It wasn't Jezebel's fault. No, that's a lie. The devil done bamboozled. No, that, it wasn't her fault. He liked what he saw. Yeah. But if our mind is right, I don't care what it looks like. Taste not, touch not. Leave it alone. But if your mind ain't right, you can't, you, can't, you can't get the benefits that he was talking about in this epistle. You can't have what God, you got to get your mind right. See, because your mind is this fleshly thing that wants what it wants. And God is calling all of us into accountability for what our mind do. And for where we let it, you know, let me tell you something. You can park your car where you want to. If you get a ticket, guess what? It's your fault. You can park your mind anywhere you want to park it. But don't be talking about, well, I didn't have any else to park. Yes, you did. 
Come on, can we just start being real? Can we quit giving the devil uh, power that he don't really possess? Can we quit giving him credit for making you do stuff that you, no, it was in your spirit. You never got rid of it. And that seed was stuck there in your mind. How can the man of God go out and the servant go out and notice that there was tear in his wheat? He, as soon as he woke up and went out, he said, someone has came or has come and sold some tares. It didn't take it to grow up. As soon, let me tell you something. You ought to know something about your, enough about yourself that as soon as something is planted in your mind, you be like, that ain't God. Come on, saints. We got to quit giving the devil so much credit and say, no, no, you ignored it because you thought it was cute. You ignored it because you got all the power of God. Did you see how I fell up under the pew the other day? No, I saw that, but you still don't have enough power to resist it. So we got to get this stuff out of our mind because, you know, you get, begin to think about stuff. Think about stuff. Sitting at home getting mad about stuff. You ever got mad by yourself? Nobody in the house but you and you got mad. TV wasn't even on. You're just sitting there. Next thing you know, walking around the house mad. Y'all, do y'all need a couple minutes? You home by yourself got mad. Because he attacked that mind. He brought back something in your mind. God said, gird up your mind. Clean, clean that up. Fix that up. Pull, pull it together. Tighten up. In the stuff that you allow him to feed your spirit. Tighten up. Quit letting the devil just come and, and, and do whatever he wants to in you. And you accept it. Gird up your mind. Get to the place where you just make up your mind. I refuse to let the devil plant anything in my garden that God hadn't said I need to raise up. You want to let some stuff go? Ask God to deliver you from it. And you make sure the next time, I don't care who it is, if they bring it to you, you don't accept it. If it, ain't got you, if it don't have your name, probably if it does not have your name on it, don't accept it. Gird up your mind, saints. You ain't, you ain't got to be the devil's uh, trash can. Your mind don't have to be the devil's trash can. And so in this epistle, he was telling them, you need to gird up your mind. You need to guard your mind. You need to uh, make sure that you don't allow things to get in your uh, spirit that should not be there. And so we as God's people need to realize, you know, I need to gird up my mind again. I need to stop and think about some of the stuff that has been feeding into my spirit. Second Kings, you don't have to turn there. It's just going to be the short part. Miss Second Kings, we're talking about Elijah. And the, the Bible speaks of this lady who uh, Elijah would be coming through. And every time she would come through, every time he would come through, then, you know, she said, she told her husband, well, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to 
fix him a place for him to stay. We're going to give him a little table. We're going to give him a little lamp. We're going to give him a basic a place to hang out because uh, he, I, she said, I perceive uh, that he's a man of God. And I'll be honest with you, I, when I heard her say that, I thought about how sensitive women are to the things of God. And, and the truth of the matter is oftentimes women have, a, have the tendency of being more uh, sensitive to the things of God and recognizing God's movement than whenever uh, men do. It, it's just the truth. We might not want to accept it, so we got to get our mind right to accept that they seem to be this way. But the truth of the matter is they don't have to stay that way. Amen. Because the truth of the matter is we're the head. We ought to be receiving stuff. Amen. Yeah, uh, we ought to be perceiving stuff before it come to our house. And then time the devil's trying to come in, I ought to be the first one to notice. And then if you come to say something to me, I'll be like, yeah, I, I saw that. I go to you and say, hey, baby, get, beware, because this is what the devil's trying to do. And so here this lady is. She uh, perceived that there was a man of God. And so the man of uh, God uh, asked, well, what can I do for her? And Gehazi said, well, she don't have any children. The word of God says that uh, he blessed her and told her she was going to have a child. And she had the child. And then the child grew up. And as the child was growing, the Bible says that her dad went to work, that his dad went to work, and he went with him. And then while they was out there in the, in the field, that the baby's head started hurting, and then he sent the baby home to mama. That's what we do, man. We never, whenever something happened with the children, where mama at? Because that's when I, was, when I was, when my little ones were, my older ones were little, if anything started to happen, I don't care if I was off and my wife was at work, something happened, I'd be calling my wife. And so he did the same thing. He sent him home, sent the child home to be with the mother. And the Bible says that the child sat on the mother's lap until noon. And then at noontime, the, the baby cried. The baby died. And then it began to talk about the fact that uh, she laid him up in the room. And then she called her husband and told her husband, I need you to get me a young man. And, and so we can, I need to go see the man of God. And him understanding that was not the custom that they just go to see the man of God there any time. He asked uh, What's, what's going on? I don't think she said, well, it's well. How am I? First, first thing come out of her mouth, oh, it's well. Don't even worry about it. And the word of God says that he took off and uh, they went to see the man of God. The word of God says that the man of God saw them from a far distance. And, and the first thing he asked, is something wrong with you? Is something wrong with your child? Is something wrong with your husband? And she said it was, it was well. And then they went into the story and began to talk about how she explained what happened. And so the Bible says that God, Hayes, I tell the servant to, to go ahead and get the horse, go take my rod and go lay it on the child. The Bible says, I love the part because it says, I need for you to gird up. In other words, he's telling, he's telling him, I need for you to tighten up right now because where I'm getting ready to send you, you got to go quickly, and you ain't got time to be dropping stuff off. You ain't got time to be worried about stuff falling off of you. You ain't got to be worried about all this other kind of stuff. And that's what messes up a whole lot of church folk. We're trying to do a work of God that God has sent us to, but you never did tighten up. And so since you didn't tighten up, you're trying to do a work, and you're trying to grab stuff, and you're trying to run. And God said, no, let me, that's why I look at these young boys running around here with their uh, pants hanging off their butt, and they're trying to run from somebody. No, you need to tighten up. And so what we as a people of God need to understand is we've been sent on a, a mission, and we need to have girded ourselves up. We should have got ourselves together. You should have cut that joker loose 10 years ago, and you still holding on to it, and you're trying to do the will of God. God said, I'm telling you, you need to gird up because I'm getting ready to send you somewhere. 
I'm getting ready to use you in a mighty way, and you ain't going to have time to be sitting around here trying to get yourself together in the middle of a battle. I don't need to be trying to figure out how to shoot a gun. And when I'm going through some stuff, I don't have time to be trying to figure stuff out. Whenever I'm going through hell, I don't need somebody trying to figure out how do I pray or when do I pray. No, I should have tightened up my prayer life before I even started out. I should have tightened up the way I seek God even before the battle got there. And God is trying to tell us, you need to tighten yourself up. You need to get everything in place so that whenever you get ready to go out of here, you ain't going to be worried about what's happening on the left. You ain't worried about what's happening on the right. You ain't got to worry about somebody coming up behind you. You ain't got to worry about stuff falling off of you. Why? Because you done got your mind together and you got to have your mind made up. If I have to go through, I'm going to go through, but I'm going to go through to get to what God has for me. That's why you got to gird yourself and get yourself ready so that whenever I go in the battle, I ain't got time to be worried about what's going on at home. And I ain't got to be time to be worried about what's happening in my sister's life. I'm in the midst of a battle, so that's why you gird yourself up, saints of God. Get it in your mind. Get it in your mind. This battle might last the rest of my life. But if it takes the last rest of my life, that's what it takes. But my mind is girded up. My heart is fixed. I'm set. I ain't leaving. I'm going to keep on trusting God. See, because a lot of people that's in this battle now did not concede that they're going to do everything that God called, told them to do. They never took the mind of Christ. And now you're trying to fight a spiritual battle with a carnal mind. God Almighty, you cannot win like that. And so God said, you need to gird up your mind. Understand that, God, if you don't deliver me, I'm going on. Shaq, right, Meshach and Abednego girded up before they were threatened to be thrown into the fire. They didn't get ready once the threat came. Now, they, they, they already knew what, the, what it was going to be. In other words, we ain't turning back. They spoke out what was on the inside that I'm girded up. I can't, I'm not going to quit. I'd rather die than to sin, serve sin. He's telling us, gird, gird yourself up. There's going to be some stuff happening in 2019 that you ain't got time to be getting yourself together. Let, let me tell you something. You, you sitting around here talking about being rich. Gird up your financial mind. Know how to handle a million dollars before you get it. Quit saying the first thing I'm going to do is go to Dillard's. Quit saying the first thing I'm going to Nordstrom's. Quit saying the first thing I'm going to do is help me is I'm going to buy a Corvette. Gird up your mind that when it comes in, it's all his. And wherever he tell me to direct it, I'm going to, if he tell me to go give to my enemy, guess what? I got to have my mind already set. I'm going to give to my enemy, and I'm going to be rejoicing in God at the same time. But if I get a million dollars and my mind ain't already girded up, good chance he might come up short. But the truth of the matter is he ain't the one that will come up short. I'll be the one who come up short. Gird up your mind. Get your mind ready. Get yourself ready for the battle before you go into it. The Word of God says, before you build a house, you ought to do what? Count the cost. So see if you got enough to build. Before you go to war, count the cost. See if you got enough on your side to overtake that which you're trying to overtake. This is about getting your mind right. 
Let me tell you something, because when you know what you got, it don't matter what they have. Hear me. When you know what you got, you ain't worried about. The warriors don't worry about the hornets. The hornets. Because they, they mindset is we walking over everybody getting our way. Throw the Lakers at them. We got something for LeBron. Yeah. Throw the Rockets at them. We got something for them. Because they know what they got. Their mindset is y'all got to beat us. We ain't going to beat ourselves. Their mindset is we going into the game, we going to win. When you go into a battle, your mind ought to be, God, I'm coming out of this thing victorious. As a matter of fact, I'm so sure I'm going to come out of it victorious. Guess what? I'm going to go ahead and give you praise now. I'm going to start to give you glory right now. I'm not going to wait till deliverance happens then give you the glory. I'm going to give you, can you stand on your feet and give God a praise right now? Come on, can you take on the mindset and say, I've already got the victory right now. Yeah. Come on, y'all can do better than that. If your mind already let you know. Come on, y'all to give God a, a praise because y'all already ought to know the mind, mind. That it's going to line up with the word of God. So what we have to understand is when we gird our mind up, we learn how to think and receive what God has for us and understand that he is God. Amen. And so no matter what the devil throw at us, guess what? The devil can't take me out. Amen. Banks, you know you can't leave here until God say so. Come on. Yeah, you, you can't leave here, Mars, until God says so. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we walk in agreement with God, God can tell you, I've already made you to be the victor. I've already caused you to triumph. And so what we need to understand is we need to gird our minds up. And get ready for the battle and the things that God has for us. We need to already have the mindset, God, thank you, God. I'm just going to claim what you already have given us. The same way that he given the land and the ten spies and they sent the spies out, ten didn't see it, two did. You got to have the mindset, hey, I've already got the victory. Is that one today that one needs to have a need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You got to get you ready for the battle. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you might be screaming. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, accept him as your Lord and Savior. Let him renew your mind. Let him show you how to gird your mind up and get you ready for whatever you have to deal with, knowing that you are victorious. But if there's any in the house today that might be sick or might have some affliction, we uh, call for the elders of the, saint, uh, elders of the house. And let us pray for you that you be healed. The word of God says we can call for the elders and we can receive a healing that he has for us. All we have to do is just accept what he has for us. If you just want prayer today, we're going to ask you to come. We're going to pray with you. We're going to get in agreement with you. If you need somebody to get in agreement with you, we're going to need somebody to teach you how to get your mind renewed after the things of Christ or teach you how to gird yourself up, how to put a girdle on your mind. We're willing to do it because we want to see you walking in the things that God has for us and what God has for you. Well, come on then. Let's give God a hand praise. Come on. Come on. Can you give him a praise and a thanks for a renewed mind, a girded up mind?
Come on, when you, when you gird up your mind, when you gird your mind up, ain't no place for fear in your mind. Ain't no place for fear. But this time we're going to get ready to do communion. I'm going to ask Brother Mack and Minister Dill if you set the table out. perfect day to get our minds renewed. Do this in remembrance of me. What the word of God says. I'm going to ask Brother Johnny to take the outside wall. The time is Brother Allison take the inside. Brother Mac, I want you to handle the outside wall. We'll give her new clean. Mr. Brackett, I need you to get right here, if you would please. As we have this opportunity. Reflect back on everything that God has done. He likes minister banks. Come and get ready to bless the bread. Miss Doris, I'm going to ask you to come join us today. We get ready to bless the wine. We're going to Nothing we have done qualifies us to be able to take communion or even serve communion. But it's by His grace and by His mercy that we are able to be in this house today. All of us, since salvation, have come short of the glory of God, every last one of us. But yet God yet allows us to be able to partake of this, to reflect back on what this means about the shedding of the blood, to reflect back on the upper room, to reflect back on the torture and the things they did to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He did these things for people who were going to deny him. And he did it for those who were going to betray him. He never doubted or never questioned about whether he would quit or not do it. He knew what he had to do. And when he did it, he was willing to do it. He wanted to do it. He did it because he wanted us to be saved. That's how much he loved us. He, he, he loved us so much that 
while we were yet sinners, he died for us. What he did for us was allow them to enter. Okay. Come on in. He understood about 2019, even before he went to the cross. And so he gives us this opportunity. How about asking uh, Brother Hauser to step inside? Whoever's out there, they'll be okay. And I'll first one, and I don't want to deny anybody this opportunity. Yeah. I want to ask you to bless the bread and ask you to bless the wine. It's only right that we understand that the blood and the wine is blessed and to be used. But it's also important that we understand that if we have something in our heart that we're holding against people, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, don't take it. Because if you want to hold something more dear to you than Christ, you don't need to do that. Because the Bible says some are sickly and some even sleep because they just took it to be taken. But we need to examine our heart to see if there be anything in our heart that's not like God. And ask God to forgive us of any sin or for whatever the sin is. You need to say it to God and, and say what it is and ask him to forgive you of it. So as we get ready to... We're going to ask to step forward to receive the communion. some opportunity for us to take communion.
first day of the fast, feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And then he said, Go into the city of such a man, and said unto them, The master said, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And disciples did as Jesus had appointed them. And they made ready the Passover. Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, and said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in this dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth, as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou said, Thou hast said. Such love God has for us that he could sit and look at the disciples, understanding their frailty, but yet understanding God's love for them. Understanding that they didn't understand what they were getting ready to do. But there was no doubt Christ knew exactly which one, which ones were going to deny him. And he also knew who was going to betray him. Could you imagine, take a second, just so try to imagine the setting, the magnitude of what was getting ready to take place. Um, they didn't understand the beating that he was getting ready to take. They didn't really understand 
They didn't understand and know how he would be pierced in the side the way he was pierced in the side. And then when they called for a crown, they came and put a crown of thorns and pressed it down into his head. And that same blood that ran down his face and down his hands and out of his ankles and in the side, it was for us. Yes, it was. It's for the very ones that said they loved him but did not love him. But he did it anyway. And the word of God says, and as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. So at this time, we're going to ask Minister Dillard, no, Minister Dillard and Brother Mack, if y'all will move the table back to the side. And while they're doing that, can we just give God a hand praise for giving us opportunity? And so at this, so at this time, I like to call for the uh, fresh teas to come. We're getting ready to receive our tithe and offering. Miss Hill will be out in the vestibule if you want to use a card to give. Uh, they'll be out there. And so we're going to get ready to ask you as you come, come thanking God for the opportunity to bring back out into the house of God.
So as the at this time, we're going to ask ask the ushers if they would, they lead you out from the back, and I want you to come rejoicing at what how God has blessed you. God, we thank you for just another opportunity, God, to just lift up your name in praise. And Father, we thank you for each and every individual that gave. Father, we thank you for those who had the desire to give but didn't have. And Father, we thank you, God, that these monies will be used for the upbuilding of thy kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. afternoon and welcome to the chapel at El Bethel. Do we have any first-time visitors with us today? I'd like to stand and give us your name and tell us where you're from. 
Tracy Chapel, if we can stand and welcome our guests. Charles, Lady McCorkle, and the Wesley Chapel Holiness Church family would again like to welcome you. And anytime the doors are open, you're always welcome. See, on Tuesday, we will have intercessory prayer at 6 o'clock p.m., followed by our men and women's small groups at 7 o'clock p.m. On Wednesday, Next Generation 2, which is our older youth, will have dance rehearsal at 6. Also on Wednesday, we'll have nursing home visitation at 6.30 p.m. at Woodlawn Haven here in Mount Holly. On this coming Friday, we'll have a night of prayer here at 7 o'clock p.m. and everyone is asked to be in attendance on Friday. And on Saturday, we'll have our new members orientation and luncheon um, from 9 a.m. until 1 o'clock p.m. On a Sunday, January the 13th at 4 o'clock p.m., our very own minister, Wendy Blackwell, will be ministering um, at a celebration for Lady Linda Graham at New Life Connections in Concord, North Carolina. And we celebrate everyone celebrating birthdays in the month of January. I'd like to wish a happy birthday to Sister Doris Holland. To Channing McCorkle. Pastor Charles E. McCorkle, to Faith Poe, and to Little Miss Diana Washington. I'd like to remind everyone to please submit your announcements to me by 6 o'clock p.m. on Friday, and that concludes our announcements. Amen. Um, while she's making her way to the front, look. So, the young people are having a rehearsal on Wednesday. The older ones on Wednesday. Are we giving out the bags on Wednesday? Minister Dilla is not here. Are we? Is it Wednesday when we're giving out the bags? And that when we're gonna have the children help us pass out the bags, or we're just gonna? Was that the plan? Okay, we'll talk about it.
Amen. Can we bless God? Amen. Can we bless God for that word? Amen. Can we bless God? Amen. Amen. I'm excited. Anybody excited about what God is doing? What is this, the sixth day of the year? I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Amen. I'm excited about prayer on Friday night. I want to encourage everybody. You can tell somebody, but I'm excited about what God is going to do. I thought about canceling because we got a little bit going on, and God said, no, don't cancel prayer. So I am not canceling prayer. We're going to have prayer, and I'm excited about prayer. Amen. Amen. If you're too busy, okay, but for those of you that will come out, let's come out and pray. Amen. I'm going to be giving some of you assignments on things to be praying for specifically. We're not coming out here just praying, just to be praying. Some of, we're going to be praying for, for specific things. Amen. Praise team, gird up, get ready to worship. Amen. We're going to be praying. Have your minds made up. Amen. Come on, let's be, we're going to be putting some fasting on this prayer. Amen. So we're going to be doing some fasting during the week. Amen. Well, I'm going to believe that some strongholds are going to be destroyed. Amen. Amen. Some lives going to be changed. Some things are going to be manifested. Amen. Amen. God didn't tell me not to counsel for no reason. Amen. Amen. So and down with this is an assignment for us. This prayer is an assignment. Amen. So gird up your minds. Gird up your minds. Amen. Gird up your minds. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. Amen. Amen. Pastor, I want you to pray, uh, share about prayer 365. I'm excited about that. We got churches. Pastor put it out there um, that um, God had placed in his heart that we are to pray for the nation for 365 days of the year. Um, I put it out on Facebook and asked for some help. And I had a few responses. So this is where we are so far. So the first four days of the month of January, first four days of January, it stayed within North Carolina. But praise God, on the fifth day, we had a church in um, Arkansas praying. So can we bless God? Can we bless God that we have a church in Arkansas praying? And for the next three days, it's going to be back in North Carolina. Got people praying at different churches, Church of Philadelphia. And then it will move back out on the... Ninth and the tenth, it'll be in New Jersey, and the other one will be in Florida. So praise God. So if you have family members or friends in different states, tell them we want them praying with us for our country, for our nation, because our land needs to be healed. And let's keep Pastor McCorkle lifted up so he can keep his ear to God's mouth so that he can get further instructions. And I told Pastor yesterday, I'm looking for this. Sorry. <laughs> I got excited. I'm sorry. I'm looking for this to go outside of the country. Amen. Because not only does our nation need to be healed, there are countries that need to be healed. Amen. And how can, and, and is, can you make it available so that everybody will know 
as far as how to contact you. She's trying to make it available so everybody can contact her as far as your Facebook. You can tell them they can inbox, message me if they're not my friend on Facebook. If, if they're friends with you, you contact me and I'll tell you to tell them what day to pray. Just let me know who's praying and what church and what state they're from, okay? Don't get my phone number. I ain't ready for that. <laughs> the glory cloud just left. No. Just that quick. That's why we got the girl up this night. Amen. <laughs> but yeah, we are excited about that and we are looking to make sure we get it set up so that uh, I think we're going to end up having it coming to the church or whatever. But we got to get it out. We want everybody across the nation. We can have more than one group of people praying for the same day. We want to, we, I really would like to have at least 10 churches on every day praying across the nation, uh, praying for our nation so that we can have everything that God wants us to have. Amen. You got to gird your mind up. You got to gird your mind up. Uh, since she stood up and the glory cloud left, I got to go ahead and. I had an easy drive, easy drive in, easy drive coming into uh, church this morning. Traffic went backed up. Uh, when I got ready to cross the bridge, there was nobody on the bridge. And I was like, what in the world? And I figured it out. Yes. One no cowboy fans finna jump off. They won the game, so the bridge was open. That's what it was. Because normally they'd be lining up on the bridge. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey, man, we might have one more Jersey Day at the end of the, on Super Bowl Sunday. Jersey Day on Super Bowl Sunday with it. I tell you what, I'm going to put it out there. If the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to wear a Cowboy jersey. I ain't even worried about that. <laughs> Amen. I still love it. That's, we still love it, don't we? <laughs> Amen. But we serve an awesome God. And he is preparing a people for a battle and preparing us for war. And he's preparing us to go in and take what God has already given us. So let us make sure we gird up our own minds so that we can go forth and get everything that God has for us. Because it is going to be a lovely day. And as a matter of fact, it is a lovely day. And fathers, we depart from this place never from your presence. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Give you praise. Thank you, God, for all those who are joining in with us in prayer, God. And we just thank you, God, for you give us a wisdom, God, as to how to reach all, all the way across the nation, God. Or have people reach across the nation. We pray for this nation, God, that you've given us to worship and praise and give you glory in. And, Father, we just thank you, God, for how you're going to move, God, every soul, God, that's been assigned to us. God, we shall win each one of them to you, Christ. Each one that's been assigned that they might be delivered, they shall be delivered in your name. And we just give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. Father, it's in Jesus' name I pray. I want to thank our guests for hanging out with us today. God bless you. We love you. Y'all have a blessed day.